Hello, welcome to the TU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by TU beat writer Kelly Hines. This is the uh, post-signing day uh, edition. So, Kelly, Kevin Wilson's first class uh, is in the book. Your overall impressions of the class? Yeah, I like it. I like the pieces that he put together. I like that he focused on in-state recruiting. Um, I I just, I think that it, it came together in, in such a good way, especially considering the time crunch. You know, I think that's a difficult position for any um, incoming coach to be in. You're trying to hire your, your staff who's going to be out recruiting guys. Um, and, you know, Kevin's situation was a little bit different because he was, you know, competing in the playoffs there for a while. Um, but the way that they kind of hit the ground running and, um, you know, just have been all over the area, all over, um, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, even went into Arkansas a little bit. I, I just thought that that the way that they pulled it off, um, I think it, it was really impressive. They, they don't have any four or five star guys, but they weren't going after those guys. They're going after guys who they um, felt like they had a chance to get and they got quite a few of them. So um, always love to see, you know, local guys in this class. And I really like the ones that they wound up getting. You know, they had some in, in December and then, you know, to be able to get um, a couple here in the last few weeks, um, I just thought it came together really well. Yeah, and Kevin Wilson said during his presser yesterday, and you re reminded me of that just before we went live, he, he said he's going to start here. Yeah, and I, I think um, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to actually do it. But Kirk Frederick saying mm -hmm, that Kevin Wilson had been out to, to Union four times since he was hired. I mean, obviously, you know, there were really good players that that um, Kevin wanted and got from Union, three of them. But, um, you know, just not just, you know, saying the right thing, but it seems like he's really, you know, actually doing that. And I, I think, um, you know, it's just been um, really like strategic the way that he's embraced, you know, like developing, you know, establishing and, and really developing those local relationships. Like, I mean, he mentioned, you know, getting to talk to Bill Blankenship right after being hired and um, obviously it's a good person to talk to. Um, but you know, telling him like if 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 you got a guy, let me know. And and Coach Blankenship being like, I do have a guy. <laughs> Here he is. So um, I just feel like he Kevin really um has kind of leaned on those um those area coaches um to get caught up. And um then, you know, once once he is aware of a guy and you know starts at that evaluation process. Um, then I, I think, you know, just, just being aware of, of who they are and, and how they might fit. Um, I just feel like that's, that's been huge. And, you know, I, I think that that's, um, something that's going to bode well for the future, you know, and, but he, even Kevin said, you know, um, you know, we're looking at ways to, to boost attendance and having local players will help, but if we don't win and, and then none of that really matters, like that's only going to bring in a few years yet a few more people. And um, so he's like, we can't just like bring in local players just for the fun of it. Like we we need to have good players so we can win games. So, um, you know, I, I feel like they're they're being very, um, you know, careful with the players they bring in. They want to make sure they're good fits and all of that. But um, he's just going to hang out right here on camera. He's very photogenic for being a black cat. Black cats get a bad rap, but. Maybe, maybe we can throw it to jet here in just a second when you're done we'll, we'll get we'll get yeah, some thoughts. thoughts yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah, I don't know what I was saying, but um, I, I just feel like uh, this is the start of something that, that could end up being really special. Um, we don't know how it's going to go. The first class is always kind of tricky, um, but it's it could be the groundwork of, of something to come that um, we're going to be able to look back on, on what they did in a short time here, or maybe not. We don't know. Do you feel like they addressed uh, their position needs? You know, I think that they did. I think, um, you know, the December signees were kind of based on what um, what assistants had been hired at that point. So, you know, they, they were kind of, um, you know, able to get some skill position guys. Um, you know, they signed quite a few receivers in, in December. Um, and, you know, a few of those were ones who were, were previously committed um, to the, the former staff. But I feel like this time around, they were really making sure that, you know, like with their, their linemen in particular, because they, they added several of those, that those were going to um, work well with um, the assistance that they brought in for those positions. So, um, you know, you see um, a couple linebackers, you know, that was that was a, a spot where they needed to bring in some guys. Um, you got, you know, an athlete who you have you have some versatility with. Um, a tight end was, was something that they, you know, they knew once they um, compiled the staff that they were going to continue to bring in tight ends. And so they, they added a, a pretty good one. Um, I, I just feel like they, they had these limited opportunities and had to quickly decide what they were going to do with those spots. But I do think that there'll be room to um, add a few more guys after you get through spring. That's going to be I think that's normal when you have a new coaching staff. Once you go through spring, you're going to have some guys on the team who say, you know, this is not um, a good fit for me. Um, or maybe they just realize they're they're going to, you know, maybe not move up the depth chart and, and they're going to probably look at their options. So I, I, I still feel like there's going to be some, some room to, uh, you know, maybe add a few more guys to this class. Is there anybody in this class that, you know, may, I don't know if we call them a headliner or not, but just maybe somebody you're most looking forward to seeing? Man, um, Reeves Baller um, is, is a defensive lineman with a really great name. Um, and he's, Perfect. Yeah, he's uh, he's 6'6", six, six and um, still needs to put some weight on him. Um, but he's a developmental-type player who I, I think could end up being a really good get. So... Um, you know, his high school coach was Jason Witten, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, he just is uh, kind of a guy who, you know, maybe just it's because of his his frame. You just feel like there's a lot of potential there. Um, Kaysen Carpenter is, is an offensive lineman who, you know, they really wanted. But, um, you know, he was committed to this, the previous staff and decided to wait and, and see, you know, how things unfolded um, with with you know, the, the now staff to to decide whether he wanted to get on board and, and he, he decided to. So that was a guy who I felt like was a really good one for them to hold on to. Um, CJ Turner is kind of interesting. He's he's a linebacker from Arkansas and um, Dave Sittler, our former coworker, actually came across him somehow and recommended him to Kevin Wilson. He was a guy who, um, you know, was committed to Colorado. Here's Layla. And uh, that didn't didn't work out with with uh, Deion Sanders. So um, he was looking for a place to go, and 
Um, Kevin Wilson like literally slid into his DMs and was like, hey, um, we're, we're looking for another linebacker. And it worked out great. So it doesn't obviously always happen that way. We don't hear the many times when that doesn't work out. But um, CJ Turner is a guy who's really highly regarded, obviously, to, to um, have, you know, a power five offer. He's, he's got to be pretty good. His his um, he didn't have these overwhelming stats. And I just feel like he was a guy who who maybe just went under the radar a little bit. So I felt like he was a, a good one um, to pick up, um, you know, over in Arkansas. So is uh, is Dave Sittler fashion? I guess he's like a. An, a volunteer recruiting analyst. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get a title or an office or anything like that. But um, I think he uh, he when this if this works out with CJ Turner, like Dave's going to be, you know, he's going to get all the credit for that. And I, I love that for Dave. Yeah. Why not? OK. Uh, what about a sleeper? Anybody under the radar in this class that you're kind of intrigued by? I think um, Cam Crooks from Cushing kind of intrigues me because he's he was a guy who, you know, he played multiple positions in high school and had a ton of success. Like his numbers are kind of incredible. Um, he had uh, 4,700 receiving yards um, in his high school career, scored 70 touchdowns, including um, six on, on um, kickoff and punt returns. And oh, by the way, had 272 tackles and 16 interceptions. Um, so he's a guy who's listed as an athlete because they aren't really sure what they're going to do with him. He literally could play like a handful of positions. Um, he's 6'1, 185. Um, you know, but I think he'll fill out. And I, I he just intrigues me because he's got that versatility. And you don't, I mean, even see like they literally don't know what they're going to do with him. But um, I think that's that's worked out really well with TU in the past to bring in athletes. I know it's a different coaching staff, but um, talent is talent, you know, and I, I just feel like uh, with TU, they that's the type of school that can find a use for guys who are athletic and, and have ability. So um, really interested to see what what they end up doing with him. There, Kelly, there just seems to be, I, I mean, I know it's, you know, February, but just with Kevin, there's always some excitement with a, with a new coach and a new staff. You know, new new beginnings, there's always excitement. But I feel like there's a lot of excitement surrounding TU football right now. There's a lot of momentum, if you will, um, and Kevin Wilson going local, and, and not just local for the sake of going local. As you've said, he got some good, you know, it, it's okay to be local, but it's better to get good local, which, which he has done. Um, just, is that, is that fair? Like, is there, there just feels like there's a really good vibe around to you football right now. I think a lot of that is going to just be natural when there's a coaching change. I had a coach tell me once, like the, everyone's favorite coach is like the next coach, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just the way it goes. Like, even if you have a good thing going, like there are always going to be detractors who are like, but what if we had someone else, you know, but I, I feel like the situation is really good because it's gone so smoothly with, with Kevin. And I feel like a lot of that is him, you know, bringing in really veteran guys for the most part. I know some of them are younger um, and there's a different kind of excitement with that. But um, this coaching staff, they seem to know what they're doing. Kevin knows what he's doing. He's done this before, but I just feel like they've been really smart with their decisions. And it's, it's, especially impressive considering like it's been done in a small amount of time. So um, I think just being really strategic with your moves in terms of recruiting, in terms of everything, it just seems like that's what they're doing. 
and they've kind of reevaluated things that had been done in the past. And it's like, why, why, why are we doing it that way? Is there a better way to do it? And some of that's going to be natural, but some of that is just like these guys being part of really successful programs yeah. and seeing how things are maybe done in a more efficient way. Um, but I feel like the recruiting is kind of just like um, another example of that because um, you know you see these guys on on Twitter. Like I, I think I follow all of the assistants down, and, and they're they're doing their best to be very visible. Um, you know, making it known that they're they're in Oklahoma City recruiting or wherever they are. They they are trying to get the the TU brand established in a different way and make it known that they're they're at different places. They're going to basketball games to, to check out, you know, the, the, some of their football recruits. They're just in here spot. Um, okay. Oh, wow. We were able to we, capture that moment. That's very nice. We literally have a cat fight on the podcast today. It's the first probably. Um, <laughs> How has that not happened previously? I'll, I'll never know. Yeah, mostly they mostly behave is is why it it doesn't typically happen. But Layla's in a mood today. She just she woke up on the wrong side of bed. So we don't normally record this early. So I think that's part of it. Like just okay. kind of like the morning edition. So um, but I just feel like it's it's just a different vibe because this this coaching staff came in wanting to you know, develop things locally in a way that maybe the previous staff didn't. And that's not a knock on the previous staff. I'm not here to like knock them. I just feel like th that staff had all of their Texas ties developed already from having most of them having coached at the high school level in Texas. And so they didn't need to, or they didn't feel the need to um, maybe build relationships locally. Because I mean, I think People who have been part of Texas football, they're always going to think that that's the end all be all. You know, I feel like that's that's always going to be like a high standard for them. And maybe they're not going to necessarily respect football in, in, in Oklahoma at the high school level as much because they they feel like they've, they've experienced it at the highest level, fair or unfair. Um, but I feel like with this staff, they came in with maybe some loose ties to the area. Obviously, Kevin Wilson has coached in Oklahoma before, but they didn't have um, any, you know, just different. They, they, It's almost like starting fresh, starting, and like Kevin said, we're going to start here. Like, that could not be more clear. But I also like what he said about um, yesterday. He he said it's going to be a fist fight for, for some of these players in our area because, you know, they're really good players. Like, just because you you know, your, your TU, that doesn't mean you're going to get all of these um, incredible players out of Bixby or Jinx or Union or Owasso or Broken Air. You can go down the list, but like, I think um, they're trying to get in on some of those um, younger guys early, um, you know, in hopes of being in the mix later on. Um, but it's also establishing the reputation that we're going to go after the guys in our backyard. And I just feel like it's, it's a different vibe because of that. So you're seeing offers go out to um, guys who, you know, they may not have a chance to get, they may end up like those relationships. I, I think recruiting is about relationships, but it's also hard to compete with, um, you know, the blue bloods in, in college football when, when you're the smallest FBS school, that's always going to be a challenge. But if you're mm -hmm. able to develop a relationship early on, there's a chance. I feel like um, yeah. that there's an opportunity for that because 
these guys are going to get used to seeing Kevin Wilson out at Union High School. He's already been there four times. Like he'll probably be there a lot more in the future. So it, when it's someone who, you know, and I, and I, I just didn't expect Kevin to be this much of a people person. Like you, you even mentioned like how, how much he talked yesterday. Like I just did not see that coming based on the, the very limited information that I had of him. Uh, about him before you know all of this played out I just didn't think that he was going to be so good with people um and so obviously when you have a personality like that that makes a big difference and same with his coaches I, I feel like the ones that I've interacted with um I I could see how they would be um really good recruiters so Barry Lewis is a really big Kirk Francis fan. We've been talking about him for weeks on the high school podcast, and Barry's been baffled about why this kid is not more recruited. Like, like he has monster stats. What, what I don't like. What, what do you got to do? What do you want? Uh, he's committed to you. What do you think of that? I love it. Um, you know, I've I've kind of followed Kirk for these last couple of years. Well, I guess kind of the last three years, and. You know, I just feel like um, playing at a smaller school has made him be a little bit more under the radar. But I mean, he had preferred walk-on opportunities at, at Cal with like Jake Spavital, who's there now at, at, at OSU. At, at You know, he had some options. It's just, you know, you never know how that's going to go. But I just feel like um, what he did in his high school career, like, I mean, I, I looked at the numbers, like, I don't care where you're playing. If, if you're producing almost 10,000 passing yards in your career, you're probably a pretty good quarterback. Like, um, I just feel like um, the transfer portal has, has affected every position significantly, but it's especially affected the quarterback position. And when it comes to quarterback development, um, I just feel like uh, teams and, and coaches are going to be more likely to like they don't want to take a big chance. I'm not saying Kirk Francis is a is a big chance. Like you're not. It's I don't think that's a risk. I just feel like coaches are going to look for guys in the portal who they kind of know more what they're going to get when it comes to the quarterback position. And I think that there are a lot of guys who just didn't get the offers that they probably deserved as a result of that. And I think TU is a really good fit for Kirk. I think he could have a chance to be a backup quarterback in in no time. Obviously, Braylon Braxton has the job, but as we've seen repeatedly, um, especially you look at the, the three in-state schools last year and the quarterback injuries, like it, it happens a ton. So um, you need to have a really good backup quarterback. I, and I'm not saying he deserves only to be the backup. It's just in the you know short term, I could see him being in that role. And I would love to see him get an opportunity to show what he can do because I feel like he has that ability. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's someone who is going to be a really good um, fit on your roster. Um, here's George. Okay. We're, we're just all about it today. We're just, we're just rolling. See what's going yeah. On. We're just rolling. Roll yeah, that's out pretty much all here. of my cats. We've all had a turn here. Um, not buddy, not buddy, but he's a no. little bit more camera shy. Um, but no, I love, I love that for Kirk and his family. And I also love that for TU. So um, you never know how these things are going to work out. Um, and I try not to get too caught up in that. Um, but I don't think that this is a staff that's going to stockpile, stockpile quarterbacks for no reason or really at any position. And I felt like, you know, early on with the previous staff, I know at one point um, 
Philip Montgomery had six scholarship quarterbacks. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, like that's, that seems like too many. Like, if you have six scholarship quarterbacks, then is there not like another position that doesn't have enough scholarship players? You have only so many um, scholarships to go around. So um, I I just would love to see Kirk get an opportunity because I, I feel like he's a special player. Um, and I, I know I'm not the only person who feels that way. I know um, Dean Rule, when he saw him, you know, in, in the state title game, said this is one of the greatest quarterback performances I've ever seen. Like, I mean, he, like, Kirk is a special player. So just to, I, I told him when I talked to him the other day after he committed, um, and he's, you know, he, he wasn't among the announced signees, but he will be joining the team um, unless something yeah, we never know how things are going to go with any anything or anyone at any time. But, um, you know, I, I I told him I was looking forward to just, you know, covering him in, in college and seeing how it goes, because I, I just feel like that's going to be um, a really good fit. But really, all of these local guys who who Kevin has been able to get on board. Um, I'm like, I'm excited to see that. Like, I'm excited to see. Um, and I think that's that's part of, you know, the vibe around the program is you just don't know how it's going to go, but it could go really well. Yeah. Like, we don't know. I read in one of our stories, maybe it was one of your stories, where someone made uh, the comparison to Paul Smith, and that I found that to be a very intriguing comparison. Yeah, and, and you know, Paul Smith has been um, kind of like a mentor to Kirk Francis, so I, I, I think that's part of that, is you're probably going to see some of Paul in Kirk just because of the influence that Paul has had on him, um, but I, I love that, like, I mean, you, you won't find anyone more respected in our area than Paul Smith, so if, if that's a comparison that's being made, like, that, that, that I think is impressive. That wasn't now, something he, I wrote, but um, when it's pointed out, you're like, oh. Uh, right, right. So what, do you know much about their relationship? You mentioned that Paul's kind of a mentor. Do they go back a ways? They or go he... back a ways. And okay. um, I think that Paul, you know, probably was instrumental in, in um, not so much Kirk's recruitment, but, you know, probably advising Kirk, you know, and on, you know, this is it. These are, but I, I. I never doubted that Kirk would end up somewhere good. It's just like, it's for all these guys, it's a, it's a journey there. Um, but sometimes that means, you know, um, you know, maybe it doesn't initially work out and then you figure out something out. You know, I just feel like when, when you're a talented player, like it eventually plays itself out, just so different with the quarterback position. I mean, and I, I just feel like, you know, I know I said it already, but the portal just complicates things. Some, I mean, I think it's good if 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 you're not in the right situation, it's good that that players have that option. But with the quarterback position, I think it it, it is a lot harder because you see a lot of quarterbacks who they don't find their landing spot from the portal, and and then what is that next move for them? But you know, I think what Stetson Bennett did with his career kind of shows you like it's okay if it doesn't work out initially. It, it, Ultimately, you can win a couple of national championships. Just maybe don't um, get arrested for public intoxication after that. Yeah, that that, that wasn't the best. Um, okay, before we get out of here, let's. Uh, why don't you update us on what's going on with uh, Eric Conkle's crew? Yeah, last night was a little bit rough. Um, gave up uh, sixteen unanswered points at Cincinnati. Went. Um, more than eight minutes without a field goal, um, missed 12 shots in a row. Like, 
just really not not a, an enjoyable stretch there to to watch. Um, lost. <laughs> I, I didn't mention that, but they they did lose that game. Um, they're still trying to figure some things out. Um, I I think that this team is just going to sort of um, have its ups and downs, a lot of downs. No offense to them. They're just they they I think they're five and sixteen. They're one and nine in the conference. But at other times, like the Memphis game on Sunday, you're like, okay, they're competing with Memphis, which I think Memphis is probably the second or third best team in the American, you know, obviously Houston's at the top, but I don't know. They have these good moments and then they just can't get it together. Um, They have stretches that are just brutal, but then they do these things that you're like, wow, this, this team isn't terrible. And then you're like, it's just like some really shaky moments, but then some good moments and then some really bad moments. So, um, I think I don't think any of this is a reflection on Eric Conkle. I think that this is the first chapter and there will be a lot. Well, there'll be other chapters written. We don't know how long that's going to go, but I just feel like this is a, a, a difficult season that they just need to get through and figure it out for year two, year three, year four bring in some more guys. Um, they're just, they're, they're several guys short of being a, um, a winning team. I'll just say that they, sure. they have yeah. very inconsistent moments, but I will say Anthony Pritchard has played really well of late has, has cut down on, on his turnovers very dramatically has increased his assists. Didn't have as many last night because to have an assist, you need someone to make a basket and that didn't happen a lot. Um, but I feel like Anthony being only a sophomore, like his growth from year one to year two was really impressive. I can't wait to see what that growth is from year two to year three. But to make that happen, you, you've got to be able to hold on to guys and, and make them, you know, continue to buy into what you're doing, because it would be really easy for those younger guys to be like, I don't want to wait around for, for this project. Like I want to go somewhere and, and win because, you know, the last couple of years have, have not been super enjoyable. So um, just, you know, having known Eric for like a month, I feel like he's the type of coach who, who is able to do that to, to, you know, retain guys. Um, but that's not easy um, when, when your, you know, your team is struggling, but I, I still feel like they're going to win a few more games I don't really know what those games are going to be, but um, I'm not counting them out. It's just, it's just a difficult season. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's rough for the fans to watch. You know, you see the turnout not being great and um, you just hope that, that this team doesn't give up on itself. Did you get a chance to catch up with Frank Haith at all the other night? I did. Um, And I, I haven't really talked about this with anyone because you know, when, when a coach parts ways or however you want to say that with a school, like they're, they're it's almost like they're like dead to the, the, the fans, like fans don't want to hear about, you know, any of that. So um, I, I did get to catch up with him for a few minutes and I will always want the best for, thank you, George, um, for, for coaches that I covered. If, if it didn't go well, like just like with Phil Montgomery at, at at Auburn, like I, I hope Auburn does has a great season. I hope that Philip is a key part of that. Um, with with Frank, it was kind of interesting to see him back there because um, you know he people 
people obviously have their feelings about him and, and the program and all of that. And that's totally fair. You can have whatever opinion, but I will never forget that 80 to 40 win against Memphis that, that he had, you know, I, I don't know if that was Penny Hardaway's first season or second, but you know, that was like a historic type win that was just so bizarre to look back on. And for him to obviously be coaching with, with Penny at Memphis is kind of like a, a mind trip, but um, seeing him back there and his family being there and um, you know, it kind of got weird after the game because there are so many Memphis fans that um, it almost turned into like a Memphis like autograph signing um, after the game. Like, you know, a lot of arenas will be like, okay, everybody leave, get out. You know, like there were like, I would say at least 200 Memphis fans who just stuck around on the court. Like I'm there like trying to work and that's fine. Um, They're just all, you know, there were these, these little kids who came up to me and they were like, you know, asking me questions, which was really cute. But they're like, there was this little girl who couldn't have been older than seven. And she was like, Penny Hardaway is my favorite player of all time. And I'm just, I'm really hoping to get his autograph. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, best of luck with that. But Penny was like close to me because he was, he was doing a radio interview, um, like the post-game radio. And um, he was almost done. I was like, okay, if you want to get his autograph, you better like, you better hurry because, you know, I didn't know if he was going to want to stick around and sign autographs, but he did like, and players too, they were all out there. It was weird because it was a TU home game, but um, obviously that, that program has a, a lot of fans and a lot of followers and, and, um, Frank was, was part of that. So, um, I'm not going to say like root for, for Memphis or any of that, but, um, you know, for the most part, I had a really good relationship with, with Frank and, um, being able to see him and what appears to be a good situation for him. Um, like that's a good thing. So, um, that was kind of an interesting layer to that game. Cause you know, the, the, I, he didn't come out during the pregame at all, which some, some teams have their assistants out, some don't, it kind of just depends, but he, he came out, um, right before the game started. And I just, you know, I was, I was watching him, not like in a weird way. Um, but he, he just kind of like looked around and I just was like, what, that must be so weird. But, um, I think he's in, he's in a good spot and I, we didn't talk about, you know, anything, um, about, you know, his time at TU or anything like that, but, um, you just want people to be in a, in a good spot for them, you know, per, like on a personal level. So, yeah, it's, it's right. weird to talk about, I don't want to like, I don't know, fans are really sensitive to stuff like that. And I, I understand that. Yeah. Like, like, like you said, whatever, whatever opinion you have, that's fair. You're that's sure. Whatever, however you want to look at it. All right. Anything else on your mind or should we get out of here? Uh, two women won last night, so I I I, I think maybe they're they're going to be back on 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 a good track. They won seven in a row, lost three in a row, back in the win column. So we'll see what happens next. That's all I got. All right, we'll call that good for this week. Uh, we appreciate everybody checking us out. You can download us for free at Google, Apple, and Spotify. And Kelly and I usually come at you once a week. And uh, Kelly, appreciate the knowledge as always, and we'll talk next week. Sounds good.